Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, Jennifer will be speaking with Dr. Nicole Chirsky. Nicole is a scientist and positive psychology coach who is passionate about helping overlooked women in STEM become influential so they can confidently unlock new opportunities for themselves, get their employers saying, we need you on this job, and make a bigger impact. Nicole lives in Hamburg, Germany, is a food chemist by training, and holds a PhD in chemistry next to certifications in coaching, positive psychology, change management, and advanced problem solving. As a scientist and positive psychology coach, Nicole helps her clients strategically turn their career frustrations into a renewed love for their work. When she's not buried in research papers and books on positive psychology and positive leadership, you can find the scientist-turned-coach taking long hikes in the German countryside or mesmerized by Mary Poppins on the screen. Welcome to the show, Nicole. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, good to be here, Jennifer. Great. Well, Nicole, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. So I'm not in tech tech, but uh, my, my background is in science, but I guess uh, the way our brains are wired is <laughs> fairly mm -hmm. similar. So um, in the STEM fields, yeah, so I studied food chemistry and I did, I did my PhD in chemistry and the first years of my career, I spent in consumer goods, innovation and product research. So really doing the um, chemistry, science-y, bits of things and yeah and then uh, there was a well a fortunate moment or a crisis depending mm -hmm. on where you are in your life you look on those things uh, differently mm -hmm. so in that moment it was a crisis really is because of the restructuring of the company um, much or close to everything that I was working on was put on hold and so for about one and a half years I was working at a 10% of my capacity, which mm. gave me a severe bore out. But mm -hmm. um, once I enlisted the help of a coach and started to get back my energy and knock on new doors again, I started to see new opportunities popping up. And that's when I changed direction completely, uh, moving away from science and into change management in the supply chain area. And and I also started um, setting up my own coaching practice, helping women in the STEM field, so science, mm -hmm. tech, engineering, and so on, to, you know, create those similar opportunities for themselves, not necessarily to leave the STEM field, but to, to help them to position themselves in a way that they can really choose what they work on on the things that are important to them. And um, yeah, they're really a sought after expert in their area. That's great. Um, do you know why you were attracted to chemistry and science when you, you know, early on in your career? 
Did you have mentors? Did you have uh, exposure to the technology, to the sciences uh, more than most women do? Yeah. So my mother is a lab technician. Ah. I can imagine that, I mean, she never really spoke much of it at home, but I can imagine that it was some sort of an mm, influence or at least, you know, suggested the possibility that women can go into these areas. And um, but other than that, I guess it was just intrinsically, you know, you, you have those STEM uh, subjects in school. So mm -hmm. biology and chemistry and all of these things. And OK, I've never been one for physics and math. I, I don't mm -hmm. get that. <laughs> um, but in terms of biology and chemistry, I always found these super fascinating. It came easy to me to learn the materials. I was curious about learning more and so on and so on. And so, uh, oh, yes. And then obviously I had, uh, you know, teachers that were very, that made the subjects engaging and fun and they didn't get tired of explaining things over and over again if you didn't get them right away. And so I guess all of that you know, my natural leaning towards, mm -hmm. towards those areas, plus a nurturing environment that also showed possibilities for, you know, for girls to go into this direction. I guess mm -hmm. both of them paid into that. Great, great. That's, that's fascinating. And so now as a coach, mm. um, what are you seeing from women today as, you know, are they interested in coming into STEM education? Are they interested in starting technology businesses? Uh, what are you seeing in the women that you're coaching today? Yeah, so the women that I work with, they are already in their careers. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, um, and, but when I listen to other experts who want to, or who advocate for women in STEM, women in tech and so mm -hmm. on, then, um, you hear that first of all, I mean, sometimes people complain, okay, there's not enough female talent coming into the pipeline, meaning, and, and then obviously everybody thinks about, okay, how can we encourage more, more girls to get more involved in STEM subjects in school or even studying? Mm -hmm. And you see already in terms of the, um, you know, for, between the people who, or, you know, when you get a degree, then, um, more men than women, for example, get a degree in computer sciences. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. so there, there, there's already a um, a bit of a disbalance, basically, in terms uh -huh. of numbers. And then uh, people go into the workforce. And then what we also see there is that more women than men leave their STEM jobs uh -huh. over yes. time. Um, so yeah, it's again, there's not enough talent coming into the pipeline and then it's uh, leaking at the at the wrong areas, basically. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. that's, you know, all of these factors contribute to that. So that is that is one thing that I see. And I actually I um, I found in as I was preparing for our conversation today, I found this interesting article who, you know, that summarized a lot of numbers and it was on CIO.com and it is called women in tech statistics the hard truths of an uphill battle and mm -hmm. the author basically she so she collected all sorts of numbers and statistics so some of which i just shared and mm -hmm. she talked 
about you know the degrees, the retention, workplace culture, representation, so that you're always um, as a woman, obviously, if they're by numbers, you know, just looking at the numbers, there are more men in the company, you're always sort of outnumbered in meeting. And so how do you really represent yourself? Then but and then there was one thing that was particularly interesting in that article, and this is really or this ties into what I work on with or what I want to help women in the STEM fields with. And this is where she pulled up a statistics around the pay gap. So mm -hmm. um, objectively, obviously, there's I mean, there is this difference in the numbers. There's, there's mm -hmm. no two ways about it. But then she um, so the, the numbers she reported and I would like to read that for a moment here. So sure. she says, 38% of women report being unsatisfied with their compensation compared to 33% of men. Okay, 38, mm -hmm. 33, that's not that different. Um, but then, you know, something that really was a little bit mind-blowing to me was, uh, as she continues to write, the average salary of a woman in tech who reports being satisfied with their compensation is circa $93,000 compared to an average of $108,000 for men. Oh, On the wow. opposite end, the average salary for women who report being dissatisfied with their compensation is $69,000 compared to $81,000 for men. And this wow. is, you know, despite companies sometimes not paying equally, but this is in our own heads, you know, our mm -hmm. uh, our thresholds of what we of what we deem fair or appropriate or satisfying. And so the companies definitely have to do their bit and ensure that they provide equal opportunities for everyone and pay people equally for the same jobs, all of these things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we women, we really have to unlearn some of those things or, or, you know, come up with new measures, you know, and set the standards for everyone else higher and not just for ourselves, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm that that I don't know. What do you think about this when I when I say that? It's so common. It's it's mm -hmm. in the US and obviously all over the world. You know, we're seeing this. This is this is one of the reasons that we have to help women build yeah. the confidence to to fight for mm -hmm. what is right and what's not just for them, like you said, but for the women to come, right? Mm -hmm. Because we settle and um, even though we're dissatisfied, we don't ask for a raise, we don't push, you know, the envelope. Men do that all the time. They're confident in their work and they push, you know, they know that um, they are valuable. They feel very valuable. So they are confident to get that higher pay. They ask for it up front and they continue to ask for it through their career journey. Yes. Yes, and this is just in you know in the numbers or in the in the final numbers, but uh, it's the same goes then also for asking to be on projects or asking to get exposure to mm -hmm. the people who are important for your career. And it's not you know not everybody has to become the next CEO, definitely not. But mm -hmm. you want to do work that is fun for you and that you enjoy, and. In order to do that, you have to you have to get vocal about it. You have to share what you want to be doing and what you're good at so that 
the company can really match you with those opportunities as well. Correct. No, very true. I couldn't agree more. Um, so, you know, obviously we've been talking about this. We are definitely in a male-dominated world. Yeah. Um, how do we help women become more in influential? How do we provide that confidence? How do we provide like that first step? So when you're mm -hmm. coaching women, what are some of the things, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing and how can we overcome those to get these women to become more influential? Yeah. So I guess the first, the first bit is always to take the decision that you want to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, I mean, with all of those statistics, you could take these as, as an excuse, you know, it's like, oh, okay. The odds are stacked against me anyways, mm -hmm. but you, or you could see it as a challenge. Again, it's not your responsibility to fix the system, but I would argue that it's our responsibility to, you know, take, take what's ours, so to speak, Absolutely. or advocate like for our rights. In our own lives, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so seeing it as a challenge, um, not to be, not to sit back and be discouraged and frustrated over it, but as a challenge for us to get clever, learn new skills and work with what we have mm -hmm. and not, and not stopping until, you know, the day that we retire sort of. Yeah. Um, so that, that decision really comes first in, instead of continuing to maybe blame or look outside of ourselves of the, um, of the unfair disadvantage that we have um, really looking to okay but what do I have what do I need to learn and what are the sometimes 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 there may be small improvement improvements but improvements improvements nonetheless um, what what can I do and what do I want out of my life so that decision comes first Mm -hmm. And then it's uh, in terms of starting to build confidence. So, I mean, I would never wait for confidence to pop up because every time you're doing something new, you will not be confident, mm -hmm. you know, as such, because, because you have no proof yet that you will be able to do it. Um, but that's no, that's no reason to, um, to not do it, you know? So mm -hmm. instead of waiting for confidence, I always start working with clients on, uh, okay, do you know your strengths? Do you embrace your quirks? Are you vocal in the right ways to the right people about your aspirations? And then there's, you know, the, the inner work and the outer work. So the inner work is about knowing yourself and having the right mindset and attitude and the outer work in terms of uh, challenging ourselves to really speak up about these things with others and uh, do that often and oft and even more often, um, because then it it starts to become something normal. You know, if we've never mm -hmm. done this before, it will always feel uncomfortable doing something for the first time. But once we start talking about these things to others, um, our brain will catch on and, you know, think, this, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. Okay. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, as we continue to do this, then naturally our confidence builds. I love that. That is so great that you pull out your inner work and your outer self mm -hmm. and really work on both sides. Because, you know, many years ago, I was afraid to speak up, you yeah. know, because I was always in a room with all men mm -hmm. because of being in IT and in a male-dominated industry. And over time, 
really built allies, you know, to to help me get there. And so that's another thing women can do is build allies in men to be your champions, to help raise a voice when sometimes you cannot, you know, speak up because there's just too much other voices uh, mm. being being heard. And, you know, there were some meetings I couldn't even, I couldn't even get a word in edgewise <laughs> if <laughs> I wanted to. Um, but having champions also is a great way mm. um, to have them say, hey, Jennifer has something to say, or Nicole has something to say. Can we pause for a second? And that has helped tremendously. Oh, yes. Yes. And yeah. that's also important. And, mm -hmm. um, and so not just, you know, them for us but also we for them you know so if you notice that some of your um quieter colleagues and sometimes sometimes men face the same issue you know mm -hmm. if they are not wired for um uh for for super alpha male behavior mm -hmm. they they struggle like like many women too and then just mm -hmm. you know um helping each other out and you can always start with being an ally for others that's right. That's and and us women have to stick together because yes. we have to help each other. So we have to give each other a voice when we see that you know a woman is might be struggling with that. So that's that's really great. Um, so we've kind of touched on a lot of the frustrations mm. uh, from women and you know your methodology about the inner self and the outer self. Kind of touched on a lot of things. Anything that you're seeing that maybe we haven't talked about that you've built in women that you now you're seeing really pay dividends for them, you know, in their careers. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. Can you say that again? Yeah. Um, you know, is there anything that can, can you think of a story? Let's say say it this way. Can can you think of a story where a woman did certain things based on your coaching mm -hmm. and really changed herself and became, you know, more confident, got pay equity, a success story, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the, so I work with um, my clients for about a, a three months assignment. So. Okay. Within the three months is typically not a time frame within which you make a huge career jump, right. especially when when you're just starting from from you know being really frustrated mm -hmm. and um, and and shy and not knowing where to start. But um, you know, in terms of getting towards a place of career fulfillment, and for me, this is not. Uh, reflected in a in a paycheck, though that should be appropriate. But for me, career fulfillment really means that we do what we love with the people we like the way we want. Mm -hmm. And um, and that is something that all of my clients work towards. And they um, so typically we work on um, you know three pillars um, mm -hmm. that that kind of feed into that. And 
recently I was just onboarding a new client and I asked her, okay, so it's like in those three months, what do you want to achieve? Um, mm -hmm. What's your goal? Why, why are we working together? And she said, okay, I want to move the topics forward that are important to me. Mm. I said, okay, why? <laughs> why? Why do you want that? And she said, okay, because it's important for the company and I want to work on topics that are fun for me and I really want to make an impact. Mm -hmm. and, and I asked her, okay, so how do you want to do that? You know, obviously it's coaching. So it's always the, um, the coachee is always in the lead and uh, being empowered to make her own decisions and choose her own path. And I'm, I'm there to guide and help. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so she said, okay, so first of all, I want to, I want to build a clear positioning in the company. And that really aligns with my first pillar, basically. So there are three C's and the first one is credibility. Mm -hmm. So that's one. And I asked her, okay, what's another strategy that you want to pursue on this goal? And she said, okay, I want to be connected with the right people. And that is the second C. So connections, nice. really mm -hmm. making connections, obviously with the people that you have fun with at work, but you also need to be connected to the people that are making decisions that can help you move your things forward. Mm -hmm. And then I asked, okay, and what is the third one? Yeah, I want to get others in enthusiastic about my ideas, she said. And that is really the third pillar is having proper communication. Um, and by that, I mean communicating in a way that inspires action in others and that mm -hmm. they, you know, rally to your cause, basically. And so these are really the um, three things. And you asked me for a success story. So one of my clients who just recently graduated. So when we started working together, she was really frustrated. She's like, oh, why am I switching on my laptop every morning? And she felt overlooked and all of this. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, but she also was too shy, you know, to start to engage also with senior management on more operational topics and so on. And so. We worked together for about three, four months. And then at the end of the three months, uh, I mean, in between already, we started uh, f seeing things shift. But then at the end of the three months, she had feedback from three separate managers, unsolicited feedback, might I say, oh. um, but talking positively about her and how she showed up and um, how she moved her topics forward and how she contributed to meetings and all of that. So. That is like worth like gold in the bank, basically. Yeah, when people start yeah. talking about you uh, positively, they start to recommend you. You're definitely on the radar then for, um, you know, when those bigger projects come along. Then at the same time, she had younger colleagues reaching out to her if she could mentor them. And I mean, wow. what's not to love about all of this? So I consider yeah. these really great successes. Oh, I'm sure it makes you so proud to yeah. see those moments right because as you're coaching sometimes you don't see them immediately but you know three months is a short period of time mm. uh, so you might not see but they are flourishing in their environments just because they've got now credibility connection mm. and better communication so mm. i love that i love that so nicole who inspires you and why mm. <sighs> so for me it's basically everyone who is uh, human and kind and compassionate while at work and is still, you know, making magic and bringing in the results. So I think with the pandemic, I see, or, you know, we see that people are working more, people are working from home, and then we have the whole stress that is caused by a pandemic. So mm -hmm. this, it, it really takes a 
toll on us, you know, and <laughs> and uh, I notice more and more people have a shorter and shorter fuse in terms mm-hmm. of how much they can handle or take on. And and it's so easy to become frustrated and to lash out on others. And so I'm always inspired by the people who who stay kind and who stay patient and compassionate and um, and still give, you know, and, and still really do do a stellar job. And um, it just shows me that it's, you know, these people, they really they have a sense of contentment and inner peace almost. So they're, mm-hmm. they're, they have set up their lives in a way that it's, they get fulfillment and then they get, and they get strength and resilience from other things rather than uh, chasing the numbers. And getting mm-hmm. the bonus and you know getting the prestige and so but really doing the right things in the right way bringing the organization with them with them so that is um that is something that really inspires me and to you know to be like that too i love that um you know that positivity road to take that positivity road and be content and be kind and look for the good in everybody yeah. that is so important and i will tell you through this pandemic I really learned more empathy for mm-hmm. people, um, even though, you know, I run a business and everybody says I run a tight ship. Um, I relaxed some some of that by mm-hmm. having more empathy because people were struggling and going through so much yeah. at the same time. And, you know, for us to be able to walk to our computers and just work was mm-hmm. such a privilege. Sometimes you don't even think of that. Some of them were, you know, a um, lot of people were without jobs. A lot of people were without power, you know, lots of different things. And so I am also inspired by people that are just kind mm-hmm. and um, like you said, content, you know, mm-hmm. where other things are happening around them, but they're so whole within themselves mm-hmm. that they continue to give that kindness to others. So that's great. All right, so let's talk about travel. Mm-hmm. Where's your most favorite place that you've traveled to and why? Mm. So this is a really tough question because there's <laughs> so many <laughs> pretty places on earth. So there is. Peru and Iceland were really, really lovely. I can totally oh. recommend, especially if you like like hiking. Mm-hmm. But I guess the most magical moment that I ever had was um, in Sumatra. We were in a kind of like wildlife conservation area. And mm-hmm. there I saw like a, a real life orangutan, a male. Oh. He, was, he was huge and stunning. And he was just like five meters away. And he was, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was just glorious. And I mean, glorious and sad at the same time because, you know, they are so decimated and mm-hmm. um, they're their natural habitat, you know, it's like it, it keeps getting cut by the minute yeah. almost. Yeah. And so, but but just to see him there and like that, it was just majestic. And as he walked by and then he like very chill climbed up and he's basically, he just um, spends his day uh, hanging around in the trees and eating and sleeping. And mm-hmm. was just, I don't know, I just, I just love that. This was that. fascinating, right? And, yeah. and being so close up to... Mm-hmm 
to him was, you know, like you said, majestic. That's really yeah. cool. And then you think, okay, what's what's happening in his brain? You know, <laughs> I, I would think that I would be like, okay, I'm fascinated. Like, okay, you know, this is your day. How do you go about your day versus how I go about my day? You know, <laughs> so his really days are so much better than most of mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, that's okay. Um, that sounds fascinating. I love, love, love that. Um, so, you know, we could talk forever. I just loved our conversation. But in closing, what what uh, advice would you give to a woman considering a career in tech or, like you said, STEM? Mm. Um, you know, what what would you give her? Yeah. So use that sciencey brain or technical brain that you have anyways in and to to just help yourself experiment you know plan test adjust all of the time because by um, trying out new things and getting exposure or or you know having lived experiences um, we gain so much more insight um, about ourselves about what the workplaces are really like what we love doing what we don't like doing so much and you know instead of i mean it's good to do internet research and um talk to other people about okay what's it like here what's it like there but that is always secondhand reality so the best the best thing to do is really to go out and try new things um try it in the company depending on where you are in your career you can do an internship you can do volunteering on the side um in you know charities and whatever so just find ways to um get a real life experience of uh, what you're looking to do that's great i love the plan test adjust i mean you can't yeah. put it any better than that that is you know plan to do something give it give it time to test mm -hmm. it out many different ways and tweak it as you need to you know mm -hmm. that's that's awesome that's awesome and you know thank you for all your good work you're doing with women in coaching them and uh getting them to be more influential giving them the confidence getting them out there in the stem fields and really believing in themselves because these numbers are going to change we are going to make a difference together and you know we are going to get more women in tech that are really really making a difference and hopefully they all give back so that's that's awesome so if you can share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you sure please do come and find me on linkedin uh, i love connecting with new people there um you can also check out my website and um i'm sure you put the links in the show notes and then, uh, yeah, everyone's invited to join the next Women in STEM Reimagined Masterclass series. So it's a one week full of awesome professional development advice uh, for women in STEM. You can sign up for free and uh, it's always happening in March and September. So um, hop on the wait list. That's great. Well, thank you, Nicole. This was such a pleasure and an honor to have you on my show. Well, thanks for having me, Jennifer. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. 
Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.